What is up, everybody? I am George Mossy. Please say hello to my co-host, Kara. So Hi, I so 90 Day Fiance the other way, season four, episode 12, or two episodes away from the finale. But we need to talk about what happened on this episode. This was a really interesting episode. Everybody made an appearance, so I don't have time to just lollygag around. So <laughs> let's get into it and talk about Danielle and Johan. So after last week, we saw the birthday party debacle where Danielle left the party because she kind of ruined the birthday for him because the day before she decided that she was going to tell him that she was going to meet her ex-boyfriend Talon regardless of how he felt. And what shocked us in this episode was seeing how much it bothered her husband and you would think that she would have taken that into consideration. She had decided to go through with meeting with her ex-boyfriend Talon and I was just kind of shocked because when she did meet with him, first of all, it was a one-on-one boat bride date which i thought was completely inappropriate yeah but second of all she made a statement on the episode that really got me like scratching my head a little bit i was like she's like well i know that his feelings come from a past trauma because his ex-girlfriends have hurt him and they've lied to him and they've cheated on him but i'm gonna live my life and i was like so wait you fully understand why he reacted this way and you still decided to go and do what he told you would hurt him the most. And then I really got angry. Did you feel the same way? I did. And then she made the comment the last episode, I always get what I want. So that I that just played over into this week. And he said, he told her there's going to be consequences. And she did it anyway. She said he was being childish. One thing that Talon said, he said that he was always learning from her. And Danielle made a comment on this episode. She's like, I'm always in the teaching role. And I was like, well, when you always look for guys who need to be repaired or need help or need to be, you know, educated, you put yourself in that teaching role. I was like, why wouldn't you go out and find someone who is equally intelligent and equally mature as you? Because you're putting yourself in that situation because she's finding these puppies that need to be nourished and taken care of and taught things. And then she's complaining that her role is to take care of these guys who she knows need that. And even Talon said it. He was like, our relationship started. She was a good mentor. She taught me things spiritually, financially. This is what she does. She's a teacher. She's a mentor. But I feel like that is kind of where she ends up with her men. And it's not working the way that she wants it to work. It's, It's feeling like work instead of a relationship. Yes. And also, you know, it's not like somebody she dated 10 or 15 years ago. She failed to mention that before, that it's her most recent ex before Johan. So it's even more personal. That She's just so inconsiderate. So inconsiderate. I was just shocked when she said and explained why it was so hurtful to him. It was a tr- place of trauma and why his reaction was the way it was. And then she was still there on yep. the date. I still want to call it a date. She doesn't want to call it a yep. date. It was a date. There was one person with her and that was her ex-boyfriend. That's a date. And I just feel like that's not something that you should do as a married woman. And she wants to continue to call Johan immature and he has a lot to learn and he doesn't know a lot about life. But how do we explain this situation? How does that, how do we explain how she is doing this to him? And then she made the comment that since she landed and decided she was staying there, he's been a completely different person. Well, yeah, he's been a completely different person because you told him when you got married, you were moving him to the United States. Then you just dropped the bomb that you're not. So, yeah, I'd be different, too. I am just worried because she's looking at it like, oh, the last this guy that I met in the last 48 hours, I don't know him. But I feel like Johan is probably feeling the exact same way. Like this woman who landed here in my country in the DR, I don't know her. I feel like that's how he feels because he was so shocked 
at the idea that she even brought up she wanted to meet him, her ex, and then the fact that she went and did it behind his back. And I want to say behind his back, but he knew, but knew that it was hurtful to him. He literally got up, walked out of the room, told her to get out. You could see the pain and the hurt and did it anyway. I feel like Johan is like, who did I marry? You know, yeah. I feel like he's in that stage at this point. Absolutely. I completely agree. He is very hurt by this. If you know had so much trauma to even do anything to hurt him even more is just silly. I mean, that's terrible. That's immaturity. Thank you. Okay, so speaking of immaturity, I know people have been talking about Rishi a lot this season, and we're finding out that he is always telling different stories to Jen. And Jen is like, what if these are all translation issues? Like, what if it's all lost in translation? Because even her friends, Randy and Myra, were like, he didn't really understand why you were upset. He didn't really understand why what he said, you know, triggered you. And they're like, maybe he can't find the right words to, you know, express what he wants to say because there is a language barrier. And we, I, I know language barriers can be very difficult for communication when English is not your first language. You know, yes. finding the correct word to properly express how you feel can be difficult because this is not the language that his native dialect is spoken. So do you feel like, there is a translation issue or do you feel like, cause I saw some people on Twitter say the truth is the truth in every language. So like, how do you feel and where do you land on that? I, I don't know. I have way different feelings towards Rishi than I did in the beginning. I feel like Rishi is just being completely blindsided, completely attacked. Like I feel like he's been very honest. He's willing to show his phone. He, he didn't do anything wrong. He sent a post a picture that's in a post from years ago. He's trying to communicate that. They're just attacking him. And then at the table when she said, somebody should check on Jen, I guess I'll do it. You didn't even, if he got up and went to check on her, she'd be like, gosh, that was rude that he left. But if he didn't, gosh, that was rude that he did. Like that guy can't win. I feel bad for him, honestly. I do feel like Jen's friends did arrive in India with one goal. And that was to, you know, cause issues and sever that relationship and and paint a picture for Jen of who Rishi is. And I do feel like as her friends, you know, they might have some responsibility to make sure that she's making the right decision. But I don't know if they have the responsibility to go over there and try to break them up. I, I don't know that that's the correct area for you to be when you're there knowing that she's in a place of confusion. Now, Rishi has decided that he wants to invite Jen and her friends, Randy and Myra, to his mother's home and his to meet his mother and his family. Now, this is something that Jen was a bit confused by because she was like, you don't even want to tell them that we're engaged, but you're going to invite me and my closest friends over to ask your mother questions, which is going to be very suspicious. You know, like your mom is going to be like, why are you asking me questions about the courting process for my son? It is going to be suspicious. But we we found out that Randy is a intervention specialist (laughs) and she has decided that this would be a great time to deliver some bad news, even though I don't want to call it bad news, just to drop a bomb on Rishi's family and say, oh, by the way, they've been engaged for three years to speed up the process. Because, you know, um, we were given a specific date at a specific time that 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 would take place. But Randy has decided with her expertise, she is going to speed up that process and let the family know what's going on. So first of all, raw reaction. Is Randy right or wrong here? Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Randy's always wrong. Always. (laughs) So do you think that getting a translator and going and blindsiding his family is going to 
get an outcome that Jen wants? Or do you think it's the outcome that Randy wants? Because I feel like Randy wants to break them up. So this might actually be the outcome she's looking for. Yes. This is all what Randy wants. This translator situation is a bad idea. I looked at it different ways because I was on Twitter and I saw a lot of people's tweets and they were like, well, I'm not mad at Jen for demanding answers. It has been three years and she does need to know if she's wasting her time or not because she is living currently in another country for another person, for Rishi. So some yeah. people feel like, well, she deserves to know if she's wasting her time. Three years of her life has already been dedicated to this situation. So they're like, I'm not angry at her for trying to find out if this is even happening. Because at this point, she doesn't even know if it's happening. She doesn't know if she's really going to marry him. She doesn't know if they really have a future. She's literally in limbo in India, fingers crossed, hoping. So some people are like, yeah. I think, I think Jen is doing, Jen's following the leader. Randy's the leader. Jen and Rishi were doing great on their own. Then Randy stepped in and everything's a mess again. If they could just have their relationship, Jen would, Jen doesn't want to wait until August to tell the parents, but she's content with it until a bug gets in her ear about how it's not okay and somebody's got to drop the bomb. True. Jen, Jen had very little doubt in her mind until um, Randy and Myra got involved. And yep. I agree with you. I feel like outside sources are, you know, the worst people to plant things into your head. And I don't know, culturally, this might be insensitive, what they're doing culturally, yeah. because the family goes about things in a certain way and it's their culture. The parents approve of things and you invite people over and you you bring gifts and, you know, yeah. you follow a culture and you make sure that you're respectful of yeah. the family. And I don't know if this is the right way to go. Like, honestly, I don't know. Yes, I totally I agree. It's the wrong way to go for <laughs> they, they should just mind their business completely. They need to stay out of it. They should not say anything to the parents, but for Rishi to extend the olive branch to say, hey, come in and meet my family, see our home, all of that, that's very generous. And they're mm -hmm. still skeptical and they're still going to ruin it. It's just not right. So I want to talk about Nicole and Mahmoud because we knew for a fact, you know, there's been bets going around how long Nicole was going to be able to stay in Egypt and all of this. And we found out that she had already applied for a spousal visa for Mahmoud and Mahmoud knew about it. So we were the only ones that weren't in on the story. We didn't know that. So. Right. We found out the information that everybody else seemed to already know that he did sign the paperwork and he did say that they weren't as serious at that time. But he said that, OK, let's try it. We love each other. It could work. And Nicole said that the only way this is going to work is if she and Mahmoud make a life in the United States together. And Mahmoud is like, oh, well, I can't give you a definite answer. And it's interesting because she knew going into this, she was not going to be able to make this work. This was her third or fourth try. So the, before the camera showed up, before any of that paperwork went through, she knew when she was getting back on that plane this last time, this was not a permanent thing. And it's interesting because Ariella and Biniam did the same little yes. dance with us, right? They did the same dance on the yes. other way. Ariella pretended that she was going to live in Ethiopia with Biniam, knowing all along that that visa application was already in process and she only had a few I mean, maybe six or seven months to yeah. deal with living in Ethiopia, which she didn't even do. She ended up going back to the U.S. anyway. Right. So this is the same little recurring dance. So the question is, is their relationship strong enough to make it in any country? I think that's the real question because people are saying it doesn't really matter if they live in the U.S. or in Egypt. They're never going to see eye to eye. And I think that's the issue. 
completely agree. He's going to lose his mind if he comes to the U.S. and sees that everybody dresses, you know, way more revealing than she does. He's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is everywhere. He'll never be able to handle that. Wait until they go to a public swimming pool. See, he said something about, I'm worried that they wouldn't accept me as an Egyptian man and a Muslim man. And I was like, well, here, you know, we don't really judge people based on religion, how they dress, how they look like. None of that matters. Like when we're in the grocery store, I see people from so many different religions, so many cultures, um, hijabs, hijabs. I see it all. The beautiful, long African attire. I see everything at the grocery store. And in America, we don't judge anybody for anything as long as like you're out of the way when we're reaching for the bread, you know, we love everyone. So I think he has the wrong idea of yeah. how we would feel about him. But I just feel like, like you said, his culture shock coming here, especially in Los Angeles, because oh, that's where Nicole lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't think he would be able to handle the culture shock of California in general. Like California in general is going to be too much. California in general is a culture shock for a lot of people from America, let alone from a different country. He, I, he's going to have a really tough time if he, if he gets over here. Yeah, I'm worried about that. But like I said, I don't think that the relationship is strong enough to make it on any soil of any country. I feel like they have a lot of issues, you know, that need to be dealt with. And I think, you know, talking to someone, a marriage counselor, anyone that can be a non-biased person to just help them address and listen to each other. Because they have conversations, but neither of them listen to each other. And I yeah. feel like that's how we ended up here. They're always speaking but no one is hearing or listening to what yes. the other person is saying. Yes, yes, yes. And they, when it gets tough, they're just like, well, we won't talk about it. Mm -hmm. They ignore their problems like they're not there. They're like, you know what? We've decided to just go out and have dinner and not think about our issues. Yep. Issues are always there. They never go away. Just like your car, when the check engine light goes on, you can choose to not <laughs> notice it and not look at it, but your engine is not okay. Your yes. engine is not okay. You have to acknowledge it and take it in and see what's wrong. It is not going to just say, oh, they didn't look. I'm just going to go off and come back on a month later. No, your car will probably blow up. Like yep. you can't do that. All right, yeah. guys, we run out of time. We have so much more to talk about because we know what's going on with Osama and Debbie now, and it's not good. All right, guys, make sure you're following my co-host, Kara. Her links are right here at the bottom. I'm George Mossy. Make sure you're following me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com, and anywhere you get your podcast. We'll talk to all of you guys really soon. Bye.